Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Across the Romaverse. Jim and Steve here with you. Just, I don't know, less than 24 hours since Roma's defeat at the San Siro. 3-1 to Milan, Jim. Uh, the gauntlet stretch that we had talked about for so many weeks is is finally over for Roma in terms of just playing big team after big team after big team. You know, direct competition for European places and, and, and all that that's associated with it. So... After the 3-1 loss, just to give it some context, let's take a quick look at the table. It is not pretty for Roma right now. Inter, of course, top the league with 51 points, 20 matches played. Uh, Juve plays tomorrow, so they're still on 19 with 46 points. Milan now up to 42. Fiorentina dropped a couple points yesterday, but they still sit fourth with 34 points. Lazio, 33 points. Bologna, 32 points. Bologna also dropped points again yesterday. Roma unable to take advantage of that. Um, and then it's Napoli on 31. Adelante is on 30, but they also play today, later today. So they could jump up as high as level fifth with Lazio with a win. Uh, and there it is, ninth place Roma. 20 matches played, just 29 points. Um, yeah, I mean, Jim, just quick look at the table. I know it's not a lot of points separating fourth and ninth at this point. In fact, it's only five points for Roma. But it feels like 15 or 20 with the way Roma's been playing late. Yeah, the best way that I can describe how I felt after the 3-1 loss to Milan was worse than my worst hangover that I've had in a very long time. Um, With the matches that led up to this one, even though they weren't all successful in terms of getting three points, I felt like I was watching a side that had the ability to actually look like the better side on the pitch. like, I think that you and I, when we, when we talked about this on the podcast, I think we both agreed that there were definitely moments um, when Roma looked better than Atalanta, when Roma looked better than Juventus, um, and obviously Roma beat Napoli. Uh, so there were, even though Roma lost to Juventus and drew Atalanta, I still felt like the side was looking pretty good. Uh, this was a beatdown. Mm-hmm. This was a pretty disappointing match on the whole uh you look at the xg for this match it's actually relatively even with milan having 1.5 or 1.49 expected goals and roma having 1.4 but i mean at least in my opinion with all love to stefan el sharawi for what he's done over the course of his career 
there's a massive gap between what he can provide and what Paolo Dybala can provide. And I think that's the long and the short of it for a lot of this match. Uh, he just, there was no creative vision going on um, on Roma's side of the ball. And when you're playing against guys like Giroud, Rafael Leao, Christian Pulisic, Adli, it's simply not an option to not have any creativity because they will be able to make something out of nothing. As we saw with that great goal towards the end of the match, that was really kind of the killer. I think that when Roma was down 2-1, I did think that it would be possible for them to come back in this one. But that that third goal obviously iced the game and it was, you know, a really disappointing match to watch uh, because it wasn't that long ago where Roma was head and shoulders above these Milan sides, um, you know, basically for over a decade. And party has to wonder with rumors about who will the new um, general manager or DS or whatever title they're going to bandy about for the new kind of sports management guy for the club. Uh, it was a former Roma DS who really helped Milan get here in the first place. You have to maybe this is a shred of hope that I can have that Masara um, might be that guy uh, to bring Roma back. I don't know. Um, but it definitely feels like Roma is in a massive rut. I don't think coming into this week, either of us expected that we would be discussing the idea of Roma being out a manager by the end of the month. But I think that that's a reasonable question to ask now, Steve. Do you think that Mourinho is still the manager of Roma by the time that Roma plays Cagliari on February 5th. Yeah, I definitely want to come back to that. It's like, I do want to just chime in about the match real quick. And then I think we, that's going to be, have to be the bulk of our podcast. It's going to have to be talking about where, where does Roma go from here? Right. But the, the thing that killed me in this match, and it's similar to the Atalanta match is that Roma came out on the front foot in both those matches and they were the aggressor for about the first 15 or so. And then they got hit with a goal. Right. And, and it kind of throws the whole game plan in a lurch in some ways, because you know Rome would love to play with a lead, and they don't get to play with a lead very often. And I was actually encouraged with the way they came out the first 10, 15 minutes, and then just like that, the defending on the on the Adley goal that opened it up was just, it was atrocious, right? Like, everybody mm -hmm. looked at each other after, like, who's got him? Like, he was wide open. Like, any of us could have probably finished that shot um, from the, you know, top of the, the, not even the top of the box, inside the box, center. He had his pick of the, like, anywhere you wanted to put it in the net, and and really, Zvilar had no chance. Um, and and that, that's what was disappointing. You mentioned, like, when Roma got the PK, is there a little hope that they could come back and at least get a point? There's there's always that hope, right? You get that glimmer of hope after the, the penalty. But even then, you take out that penalty kick. You mentioned, like, the XG was close. That penalty kicks are weighed at pretty close to, I think, eight-tenths of a goal when I looked at it earlier. So, really, Roma yeah. creating chances without that penalty was, was at, like, 0.6 XG-ish. So when you think of it that way, you're right. I think the the lack of Dybala is just so, so glaring when he doesn't play, especially against these bigger sides. They they just they just don't create enough. I mean, it's it's really frustrating because on paper, Roma should be able to create a little more than they, they do even without Dybala, you would think. Um yeah. and it was just another defeat in in a in a string of of matches that Roma couldn't afford to drop as many points as they did. I mean, if you get a couple more results in this in this bunch of matches, a, a draw, a win against maybe Atalanta, that was a draw or Fiorentina, 
like right there, you're looking at a potential top four place in, in just the matches that were drawn, not even the matches that were lost. So, um, but I can't say I was surprised by the loss yesterday because going into this match, I usually have some hope, some glimmer of hope that Roma can find a way against even the best teams, like you know, even against the the Milans and and the Inters of the world and, and the Juve's, you always have that little bit of hope as a fan. There, there wasn't much hope going into this one yesterday, just based on the way they've been playing. Um, yeah. It is depressing. So as we're going to discuss Mourinho, let me just read off the string of results in, in this run of matches that we said was going to be so crucial to Roma season heading into the new year. So going back to December 10th is really when it kicked off against Fiorentina. 1-1 draw, a match that Roma was up and then got those two red cards and conceded a tying goal and we're probably pretty fortunate to to actually finish that match one one. Pretty impressive to finish that match one one, where you felt like, oh, you know, if it wasn't for the red cards, we're in pretty decent shape. You know, then it was Sheriff, which was kind of, you know, they went about their business, did did the job, they already threw whatever. Uh, in the league, two nothing loss at Bologna, where really they didn't look like they had much of a chance in that match. Two nothing win over Napoli in a match where they were given the advantage of two red cards for Napoli. One nothing loss at Juve, squeaked by Cremonese in the Copa. 1-1 draw against Atalanta. Then they drew Lazio in the Copa and lost 1-0. Uh, and then the 3-1 loss to Milan. So when you when you look at that in the grand scheme of things, the only team that they beat that they're really competing for a European spot with is Napoli. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole first half of the season because we go back to the couple other teams that are competing for top you know seven or so right now. Lost to Inter 1-0 back in October, right before Halloween. And then the you know really drab 0-0 draw against... Lazio back in uh, mid-November, the results just have not come for Mourinho in these in these big matches. And you know, he talked about you know they people look at him as like a Harry Potter in the pre-match press conference. And you know, is Roma's roster not as good as maybe Inter's or Juve's or some of these clubs from top to bottom? Probably not. But overall jim i mean you mentioned it like is Mourinho even going to be the manager in a month i mean there's some talk that he might not be the manager in a week yeah i I don't know where we go from here because my initial thought was let's play out the rest of the season give him the rest of the season to 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 finish things and you know you kind of start fresh in the summer if that's the way it has to be if he doesn't achieve top four yeah but sometimes that you get that new manager bounce if the manager is replaced and Roma might be, you know, looking into that right now, looking at that potential and thinking, you know, if we bring somebody in who maybe can spark the side, yeah. has some fresh ideas, maybe galvanizes the squad a little bit, maybe that'll get us enough of a bounce to get the results and matches we should win, get us a couple of results against some top six, top seven type sides, and we can achieve top four. Because when you look at the table, it's not so much that it's a lot of points, it's just you have to jump some teams. But yeah. On a week-to-week basis, you go through the results that we just saw this week in Serie A, and obviously Atalanta still has to play Frosinone today. You're going to uh, you're going to assume they win that match, but there's no guarantees, right? And then yeah. you know I'm not going to worry about Juve tomorrow because they're out of they're out of reach. But you go back to the beginning of this match week. Uh, Napoli barely squeaked by Salernitana. They had a very late goal to win that when they were down in that match two one at home. So they avoided a crisis of their own, really, because they, they were almost in crisis mode. Lazio won nothing, went over Lecce. Bologna lost 2-1 to Cagliari in a match they were up. Fiorentina drew 2-2 to Udinese. So right there, you see two sides that are competing with Roma for European spots that drop points and one that nearly dropped points. And, you know, Roma was clearly the worst of the bunch this weekend. Obviously, they played the best competition of, the, of that group. But what I'm saying is there's 
there's going to be chances to make up those five points. Fiorentina, yeah. still very inconsistent. Uh, Lazio starting to round in the form a little bit, but inconsistent. Bologna, maybe the other shoes starting to drop where they're not able to overcome their lack of goal scoring because now they're starting to concede a little bit more. Maybe they're going to start to fade a little bit. Napoli, yeah, they got the win, but I still don't think they figured things out. So, like, if Roma brings in a new manager, do they get that bounce at least for five, six matches to maybe make up a little ground and then they can just kind of keep it even keel the rest of the way and find their way in? Or is it better to keep Mourinho around? And, you know, if you had asked me a few weeks ago, I'd probably err toward the latter and say, keep Mourinho around. He's the experienced guy. He's, you know, the guy that we brought in this big name. But I'm not so sure. And I'm not sure he's here. You said a month from now. I'm not so sure. I mean, I think if he's given these next few matches, I think Roma has to win out the next few matches for him to be around. I'm, I'm going to read off the next three. It's not a daunting group of matches. It's Verona home, Salernitana away, Cagliari home. Those are the next yeah. three. And those sides right now, two of the three are in the relegation zone, and one is one point above the relegation zone. Salernitana is dead last with 12 points. Verona is 18th on 17 points, and Cagliari is 17th on 18 points. So two of those th- three teams most likely goes down this season. Those have to be wins for Roma, whether it's Mourinho or someone else leading the way. I'm not sure if it's Mourinho that's there by the end of that stretch, uh, especially, I mean, if things don't, if, if he's given this Verona match on um, Saturday afternoon, if they don't get the result, I think he's gone. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree that Roma needs to win these next few matches outright to be able to justify keeping Mourinho around period personally I think they've got to go on a streak basically from next Saturday the 20th up until that intermatch on February 10th I think if they win those three matches there's a decent chance that Mourinho sticks around um and then it will probably depend on just how badly Roma loses to Inter on the 10th um and I still don't really understand like it, it is crazy to me the, mo- the money must just be so good for them to have decided to put in a friendly on the 24th. The money well, must uh, That was been- something else, too. I saw Wayne Gerard posted the upcoming fixture saying, like, Roma's going to need to bounce back. And I saw that one there. And I'm like, you're playing a Saudi Arabian side in the middle yeah. of the season. I mean, how much money are they getting for that? To, to like? Yeah, and it's not even, like, one, no offense to the guys on that team, I guess. But, like, at the same time, it's not one of the ones that's, like a world like filled with world-class players either like i think yannick carrasco is the biggest name on on this team from the saudi league so like it's not like we're probably gonna even get that much money from like streaming rights or something so i don't really get why they're doing that friendly but that's another issue um in terms I'm, of what I'm we're guessing saying about something to do this the sponsor maybe on the, on maybe, the, on the jersey like, yeah. yeah yeah anyway regardless of that uh I just, I think that he'll, I, I have some hope that the next couple matches will be positive results for Roma, simply because, as you said, these are not exactly giants that Roma will be facing. We are through a lot of the gauntlet that the last month or so was in terms of actual match play. Uh, the trick is that we don't know when Paolo Dybala is coming back 100%. Uh Rumors say he'll be back for Verona, but I don't know how much I trust that. Uh, and at the same time, losing like Roma lost to Milan does usually affect the club's mentality going forward. The biggest thing I would say to kind of push back against the idea that we'd get a manager bounce if we brought in a new manager is look at what happened with Napoli. Uh, I think yeah. that 
it's really hard to think that a that the right manager will be available uh, in mid-January to sign. I think that the best case scenario for Roma, I would argue, if they're looking to sack Mourinho, would be to bring in a, a 100% caretaker manager, similar to what they did with Ranieri, where it's like, look, you're here until June. Please help us right the ship a bit. And that's it. Like, that's... I. They should not be looking for someone who's a long-term um, hire right now if they're looking for a new manager. I, I strongly believe that. Uh, do I think that they'll end up doing that by the end of the month? Honestly, I'd say it's probably a 50-50 split in my mind. I could see I could see them losing to Verona and then Mourinho's gone. Quite like, I could see that happening. I could see them winning two and losing one and Mourinho's gone. Uh, I think... The fact that Roma is getting a new GM or director of sport reportedly in early February is a complicating factor here. And again, makes me think that if they sack Mourinho, that it would be a caretaker manager because as we know, like a big part of what a director of sport does is help find that manager. So you don't necessarily want to put the GM or DS in a situation where the, they start their day first day on the job and they've got a manager who's signed to a three and a half year contract or something like that. Um, I think it makes a lot more sense, regardless of what they do with Mourinho in the long term, to give um, the new GM or new DS the ability to find a manager that fits with how they want to build a sign out. Uh, yeah, that's my general feeling. I, if I had to, if I really had to pick whether I thought Mourinho would be be around by the end of January. I don't know, a week ago I would have said definitely. Um, that's the thing. Like this is real like the vibe has really turned around quickly here. Um, so for all I know, they'll run off a string of wins and we'll be back to where we were wondering if he's gonna get a renewal. Because like we were talking about whether he's gonna be eligible for renewal last yeah. podcast episode. Yeah. Um a week ago. So I'm leaning towards he's gone. But I, am I leaning towards he's gone now? Not as much. I, I think that this run of form probably means that he's not getting a renewal. I don't know if that means he's gone, gone. As in, like, he will. there will be an interim manager for the rest of the season. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, it, it's definitely, like, I'm at, I'm at the point where I'm probably 50-50. But if things don't go right against Verona, I, I think it's it's over. I, I don't yeah. see how he, even, even someone of his caliber survives that. I think the Freakins have invested a lot of money in him and this Roma. Um, maybe yeah. not so much in like player purchases, but they've, they've sunk a lot of money into this team. I think I saw like 950 million or something recently in terms of like clearing debts and buying the club and player investment. I think I saw something to that effect yesterday. Um, besides yeah. what they're paying Mourinho, I think he's, the, he might be the highest paid manager in Serie A right now. And yeah. the results have been 29 points through 20 matches. I saw is the, the fewest the team has posted through 20 matches since the 0203 season with Fabio Capello on the bench. That was two years after Scudetto win and things went south with Capello after that. So it's not unheard of for like a big name manager to really run into these issues in a room. But like, I'm wondering if Mourinho's like at a loss where he's like out of ideas. Um, the, the one thing though, I would say about Mourinho, like a manager of his caliber, you're, you know, you're complaining about the wing backs not doing enough when they push forward and all this. Like, I know we have a center back issue right now. Um, but if we have such a center back, why not try a back four at some point? Why not just play Selic in a, in a more 
traditional right back role, which he's accustomed to play Spinazzola in a left back role, which he's done plenty in his career for Italy. Um, and then, and just play like Lorente Mancini in the center of the defense and maybe try something different. I don't know. You know, then maybe you could get Pellegrini into the midfield, have a fourth midfielder out there. I, I just don't. The one thing I'm going to say is, yes, we've had injuries. Yes, maybe this team isn't as good position for position as others in the league. But when you compare the the roster quality to that of Bologna or that of Fiorentina or even that of Napoli outside of Osiman, which, you know, Lukaku is not that far off of Osiman at this point. I, you know, he's not as good at this point in his career, but he's still not that far off. Like, where are those teams clearly better than Roma? Even Lazio, I'd say, because Chiro's not the same Chiro anymore. They lost Milinkovic Savic. Like, position for position, is Roma really worse than those four teams? I don't really think that Roma is worse than those four teams. Right. On uh, paper, uh, I don't think they should be. No, I agree. And it's been disappointing to see this team underperform so consistently. And we've discussed this to death. Like, part of this is injuries. Part of this is... A million different variables. The loss of Chris Smalling has been an immense factor here. Um, and I think that at this point, it feels just like a permanent loss of Chris Smalling when we thought we would have him for this season, uh, considering how he's practically not played at all. Uh, and I love Paolo Dybala, but this is why he was a luxury for a club like Juventus, as opposed to a necessity for a club like Roma. I really do think that's the difference here. Uh, I wish that we had more support so that he could feel more like a luxury. But when you live and die by Paolo Dybala, it means that you have games like the one against Milan where he's out and you have no creates creative capability whatsoever. So I, I, I don't know. I'm it's a, it's definitely a frustrating one to talk about. I mean, we were saying before we started recording that this is not exactly going to be the most uplifting episode of across the Romaverse ever. Uh, I, it, 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 I honestly just don't really know in terms of team building what Roma could have done differently, especially with financial fair play kind of breathing down their neck. Uh, Tiago Pinto, who's going to be gone in a couple weeks, yeah, you can criticize him for some of his moves, but I would say on the whole, he was working under restraints that made it really challenging to bring anybody in um, and yet was able to bring in some pretty significant players. Moving forward... I think that you're probably, um, unless they really write the ship in the next month or two uh, and go deep into the Europa League, really get try going for fourth or fifth place, I think you're going to have to do a youth revolution along the lines of what we've been discussing as kind of like that in case of emergency situation. And in that case, I don't even know, like we, we'll, we'll talk about potential managers that could be um, Mourinho's replacement. If, that, if, if you do a youth movement, I don't really know if you bring in a big name as a manager to start out like it just seems like it might be the wrong form of an investment to say like hey Antonio Conte like train these teenagers for us please like that doesn't seem to make any sense to me same with like on a certain level like Roberto De Zerbi or Tiago Mota it's like do you really bring those guys in to start a youth movement with like guys in their early 20s that you're trying to turn into something but who aren't anything yet I I'm not really sure uh, definitely a lot darker in the Romaverse than I was anticipating a couple days ago when we started thinking about when we'd be recording this episode. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just thinking about like 
Dybala. Everybody makes the Dybala excuse. You know, when Dybala's out, we don't play as well, which is which is true. So I went yeah. back to the 0506 table because that was when Totti broke his ankle, missed a, a whole bunch of matches for Roma, and barely made it back for Italy's World Cup title run, right? And yeah. now this table has been altered because of that was the Calciopoli year and Juve got, you know, relegated. Milan got a big deduction and, and a few others got deductions. Lazio and Fiorentina were also deducted 30 points along with um, with Milan and, and, and Juve. So if you put the points back on the table, as I look at it, obviously Juve won the title. Um, Milan would have been second a few points behind them. Um, and then... Lazio still would have been behind Roma. Fiorentina would have been a few points ahead. Of, so Roma would have been fifth on the table, fourth, fifth on the table without their best player ever, probably, right? I think I think it's pretty clear to say I told you it was Roma's best player ever. So that's the equivalent of Paolo Dybala on this side. And that yeah. team was still able to fight for fifth place with yeah. powerhouse Juve, powerhouse Milan. Like, I mean, to be fair, I would say that Roma is currently fighting for fifth place. <laughs> Right. So we don't know whether they're going to get it. Right. We don't know where they're going to land. So I guess that that would be like an equivalent. That's the closest I could think of in my time watching this club um, in terms of like player missing time. And, you know, he's so important to the side. Like the, the, after Totti's retirement and like later years, Totti, like not as apples to apples. I don't think anybody else in the side, like Pellegrini missing time a couple years before Dybala is not going to be the equivalent, things like that. Um, It's just like I'm trying to, Think of like, I know he's important to the side, but when I think about the overall roster construction, I know it's not ideal. And you mentioned yeah. like, what else could Tiago Pinto have done in that scenario? Like, Renato Sanchez was a risk. We 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 knew that, you know. Like, Spinazzolo's falling off maybe more than we expected, and, and things like that. But man, like, you can't just say it's Smalling and and Dybala are the whole reason this team can't do anything, right? And yeah, it it's it feels like a cop out sometimes. I understand, like, Smalling is important, like, but Roma's defense is still only conceded 24 times in 20 matches. That's not that terrible when you compare it to Napoli giving up 25, Alonso giving up 21, they still have another match to play. Um, Latio's given up 20, but Roma scored way more goals than them. So, like, they're not that far off where they should be in terms of goals allowed. So you can't say Smalling's absence is, like, the, the biggest difference, maybe I'm sure he could have saved maybe a couple goals here and there. Maybe his positioning would have been better than somebody else or something like that. But I definitely don't think it's enough to um, say, oh, without without Smalling for all this time and without the the number of matches Dybala's played, Roma's got no chance at top four. I, I really don't. I, I feel like that's starting to become a cop-out for Mourinho and, and for a lot of the fan base. I don't know if I'd go as far as say it's a cop-out. Like, you know, those are two of the most important players that Roma has had over the course of the last several seasons, right? Like we were calling Chris Smalling one of the best defenders in Serie A last season. And I think that was an accurate claim. So, and Paolo Dybala, when we signed him, like we thought of him as one of the best players in Serie A. And I think that's a correct assessment of Paolo Dybala's ability. So when you lose players like that for an extended period of time, it makes sense that you're not going to perform as well. I agree with you what you're saying on like, you know, even without Totti, Roma was able to fight fight around fifth place um, in the 0506 season. To be fair, I would say that Roma is currently doing that, being you know three or four points back from fifth place. It's tight. We're as we've been saying for the past couple months. There's a lot of parity in Serie A right now. There's no other than basically the two Milan clubs and Juventus. It's anybody's race beyond that. Um, 
I do think that whereas I would argue that last season Roma maybe surprisingly was able to put together a squad that really did compete on multiple competitions and get to the Europa League final, which I thought was an impressive feat, especially with, you know, all the injury issues that the club dealt with. Well, that was impressive. I think we're seeing kind of like the low end of the variance curve for that squad, give or take a Romelu Lukaku this season so far. Um, I'm not going to call the season dead just yet, but I will say that it makes it very clear why it sucks sometimes to support a club that really does not have the financial wherewithal to fight up against the bigger clubs in Europe. Um, there are a lot of open questions, like just to be clear when we're talking about the finances though, like it's not like Inter's finances are great either. Um, Inter, you know, is reportedly maybe even going to have to be sold at some point in the near future uh, because of all the debt that they've accrued. So I don't know. It's, it's a frustrating team to watch right now because there's clearly players with a lot of talent. Um, it's a frustrating team to watch right now because the manager has talent. I mean, the manager is one of the most talented managers in the past multiple decades. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't have much more to say other than the one, two sucker punch of the Coppa Italia loss to Lazio and the Milan loss in Serie A does really make you question where Roma goes from here. Yeah, it, it really does make you question where Roma goes from here. So let's take a quick ad break here, and then we'll talk a little bit about maybe the near future and, and you know, somewhat more distant future. All right, so, Jim, you mentioned you don't know where Roma goes from here. I'm just thinking if Mourinho does get fired or he decides to resign or it's a mutual kind of agreement that it's time to part ways and, and like, it happens – tomorrow right mm -hmm. the name being linked mostly is daniela de rossi right now yes um for obvious reasons club legend god i hope that doesn't happen yeah so that's what i want to talk about coaching these guys coaching badges experience as like a, a, an assistant on the national team you know he's he's ready to probably take on a, a head coaching position a head manager position but the only experience he has was with Spal and Setia B, and it didn't last long. It was um, terrible. <laughs> it was it was poor. It was very poor. Um, very terrible. Yeah. And I've seen this story before with big clubs who have a let coach a player legend who gets his coaching license and then is brought in way too quickly. I know yeah. how this story ends unless you're Zidane, and they I don't are, like how this story uh, ends. Zidane. Zidane. Right? I'm thinking of yeah. Milan. Milan did that quite a bit when they were trying to bounce back in their in their their down years a bit. And I remember Seydorf going through this. I remember Gattuso. Chelsea's um, done this Gonzalo. multiple times. Yep. Oh yeah, Lampard. I think of Lampard and Gerard in in the Premier League recently, yeah. right? I mean, Gerard yeah, forgot like, the Liverpool. It job. does not go well. And yeah. like, I would love to be proven wrong. Believe me. Like, if if they hired Durazzi, I will wish him all the best, and I will hope that they win every single match. But I just don't think that's a realistic bet. I don't, I, I, this is a guy who I'm going to be honest, like, yes, he has experience with the Italian national team when they won the Euros, but I'm not really convinced that that's the same thing. Like being a, being one of the coaches behind the head coach for the Italian national team is not the same thing as planning the tactics by yourself. It's not the same thing as leading a big club. 
you are one of four or five guys behind the actual head coach in an Italian national team setup. And you were basically there in the same way that a lot of sports have, like the recently retired player who can help kind of with the camaraderie of the squad, who can, you know, provide insights from his playing career, but isn't really a coach yet. No offense. And I think the fact that we saw him completely, you know, belly flop at Spal means that he's not ready yet. I, I would want, I would love to have DeRossi be manager someday, but I would want to see him succeed in the same way that Tiago Mota, for example, had succeeded before bringing him into Roma. Because if there's one thing I know about the Roman media, it's that it eats people alive. And if Roma brings in DeRossi and it goes poorly, they will tear him to shreds. And I have no intention of seeing Daniele De Rossi being torn to shreds by the Roman media because he spent his entire career safe for one season with the club and he deserves way more respect than he would get if he was a poor manager for Roma. Yeah, so let, let's just go over. What are, what are the pros of bringing De Rossi in? I mean, I think it's just the fiery personality can galvanize the squad. He is a recent Roma player, knows the environment. I think those are the positives probably, right? Maybe he can... Maybe he can light a fire under some players. I think, um, you know, players like Mancini, even though he's close with Mourinho, it seems, would probably gravitate toward a, a guy like De Rossi, same kind of personality. Um, maybe he could maybe he could help Pellegrini work through his issues as captain, right? Maybe things like that. But I think you're right. The, the, the cons of it have to be the fact he has very limited managerial experience. His one spell was in Serie B, and it was a complete flop. Um, I'd love to see him end Roma one day, right? Because... I don't think Totti's ever going to go down that manager route. He's more of a, a player uh, recruitment type guy. Maybe one day he could be like working in the front offices of Roma, I think, if everybody had their way and their their wishes. Um, but De Rossi's got the, 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 the coaching brains, right? Um, but is it developed enough yet experience-wise to take on a role like Roma's in a, in a time of crisis? Um, I don't want him to come here and be a complete failure, and then it, it ruins – potential future when he is ready to take over Roma and, and maybe lead them in a, in a more productive way. Yeah. Um, Cause he's my favorite Roma player of all time. I, I I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like he, he's my guy uh, even more so than Totti. I just loved him, you know, for what he was, the, the player he was. Um, there's nothing like watching Totti play, but I, Dorosi was always a guy I gravitated towards the tough tackling and all that. Um, I just don't want him to come and be a failure. Now, if he comes, does Roma say, look, we need you to be, as they say in Italian, the, the tragetore, the, 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 the boatman who just leads the, the ferry, right? The ferryman um, gets us to the end of the season. And, you know, after that, we'll, we'll reevaluate, you know, maybe if you do an outstanding job and we can qualify for, you know, certain objectives, then maybe we, you know, you have next season, um, you know, we'll talk with the new DS, whoever that may be. And if, you know, everything they agree, then we, we go that route. If not, then maybe it's like, you know what, you're doing the, the club a favor that you've been, um, you know, so crucial to for so long. And then, you know, we'll see in the future. I don't know, like, what's that conversation like? Because you don't want to burn any bridges with a, a player like that. Well, we know the old management did. We don't, we hope the new management's not going to go down that route, right, with a, a club legend. Um, or is it better just to bring in someone like, I'm just going to throw a name out there because he was fired today, but like, I think of like an Andrea Zoli type coach, right? A guy who will come in gladly for six months, do the job and, and be gone. And he yeah, might have- I, That's who I want. I, I've not made that a secret. I, I don't want, yeah. 
I, it is such a low reward, high risk situation to bring in DeRossi right now. Um, yeah. And quite honestly, bringing in DeRossi right now would make me think very differently about a lot of the moves that the Friedkin group has made in the past. It almost um, feel like a safe face kind of thing. It would just make me think of like the Dybala, Lukaku, and Mourinho signings and even the Abraham signing in a different light. Like it would make me feel like it was way more of it. All of those were made more, way more about papering over the problems than actually trying to find solutions. Because to me, that's what a DeRossi signing does. Like they probably, the internal logic for the freaking group would probably be, hey, even despite the poor form, Romanisti loved Mourinho because he was a big name, because he had a personality, because he, you know, has a certain je ne sais quoi. And so why not bring in Durossi as the next manager? Because, you know, he's a legend. He's got a personality. He's got a certain je ne sais quoi. He's got a Roman identity. Like, that feels like trying to solve a problem by papering over the, pro- the, the problem, as opposed yeah. to actually tearing things down to the nuts and bolts and rebuilding. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think I could certainly see De Rossi being the guy they bring in. I don't know if that's going to be the best decision for his long-term future, for Roma's uh, long-term future relationship with him. I don't know. I, I think you're right in that sense. I think a caretaker could be the way to go. But at the same time, look what the caretaker is doing in Naples, right? So um maybe the... well that, that that was because they made the dumb decision of hiring that particular caretaker like right. i'm sorry but anyone who looks at walter mazzari right now and thinks that he's playing anything close to modern football needs to get their eyes checked right um that's the actual problem <laughs> the problem isn't that they fired rudy garcia the pro- problem was that they, who they brought in as a replacement and again that would be the same exact issue that i would say roma might have if they fire Mourinho and bring in de rossi that it's okay to fire the manager, but you need to fire the manager and bring in a guy who can just like right the ship. And I'm not convinced actually for exact opposite reasons with Mazzari being kind of old and past it and DeRosti being young and not really having developed a solid tactical style that's his own. Um, yeah, I think they're the inverse, but would create the same problem. Yeah. I'm wondering if maybe it's, you know, I don't know if you keep around or any of these guys if Mourinho gets fired could it be like a Foti just gets temporarily promoted could it be uh, well, Foti certainly Mar- has the track record of being able to pick up red cards like his boss so you know yeah uh, he's got that going <laughs> could, for like, him, which is nice Bruno Conti like do the club a solid like he's done for little spells here and there could yeah maybe Al- Alberto De Rossi be convinced to do the job for a few months like he's no longer the head coach of the uh, Primavera like he was, maybe can bring him in. Like, I'm wondering if that might be a better internal route to go than to bring De Rossi in. I'm also thinking to the summer, Jim, if, if this is it for Mourinho, even if he makes it to the end of the summer, if Roma finishes, say, 7th or 8th, um, and they're playing Conference League or they're not even in Europe at all, yeah, why would Roberto De Zerbi want to leave Brighton, where even though Brighton's down to 8th this year, they're not probably going to, they're not in the, the European trajectory like they were last season, like that seems like a more stable situation in terms of player recruitment and stuff than Roma right now, right? Financials and all that. Um, why in the world would Antonio Conte ever want to come when he could maybe have the Napoli job or possibly the Milan job he's being linked with? Even if you're Tiago Motta, because if Roma finishes out of the European places, Bologna probably finishes in the European places. Yeah. Why would Tiago Motta even want to come in that situation? So 
I have a, I have a, uh, an uneasy feeling that if things continue down this route and it finishes the way it's going right now, Roma might not even be able to get any of those managers on Bren's ex uh, manager power pool that he has up on the site right now, because those situations might be better than what Roma even has to offer a lot of these guys right now. I mean, as much as we, uh, give, like we might have to go well, outside as much as we, as much as we give Roma crap for not being a big name comparatively speaking on the European stage, I will say that you know one reason why you, if you're a Zerbi or whoever, they'd come to Roma is because it is Roma as opposed to a Brighton. Like Brighton's in the Premier League, the money's a lot more loosely flowing, but it's not. Like, let's just be honest, it's not. Um, and I think that, if, especially as an Italian manager, there is some appeal to taking over a big Italian club in the same way that there's a, an appeal for an English manager to, to take over one of the big English clubs or a Spanish manager to take over one of the big Spanish clubs. I think that is something in Roma's corner. Um, beyond that, I would also say that I do think that there is a solid plan that the Freakin Group has, like for short, medium, and long-term success. It, they have done a lot to right the ship from the Pelota era, and I think that that should be appreciated despite the recent poor form of the side. Uh, I also think that there's been a lot that's been done in the academy that is getting a lot of praise now. Um, ditto with the women's team, uh, which Bren has done a great job of continually writing about. Uh, beyond that, I would just say, you know, there is a romantic, there's a romantic, there's a reason why Jose Mourinho came to Roma in the first place. It's not like Roma was like lighting the world on fire before Mourinho came to Roma either. Uh, I think that there is a certain amount of cachet that Roma has that will make it a little more likely that a bigger name could come to Roma as the next manager. Uh, do I know who that would be? Uh, no, no idea. Yeah, I, I think we'll leave it there, Jim. I think... <laughs> I'd love for the listeners to, to weigh in on either Twitter or on our message boards, uh, you know, and let us know, will Marie, how long will, do you think Mourinho will be here? Will he be around uh, next weekend in three weeks from now? Will he be facing his old side Inter again? Uh, or will he be gone before the end of the month? Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear people's opinions. I'd also love to hear people's opinions on, on the De Rossi scenario. And, and if it's not De Rossi, who could it even be mid season and looking forward, I'd love to hear everybody's opinions, but, I don't have much more to say on it. I, I think we're like, we're getting tired of talking about losses on here. And this was yeah. a, a nice change up in the sense that we'd have to talk about directly just about a loss the whole episode. But at the yeah. same time, it's, it is not the most encouraging times to be a Romanista. So we'd love to hear everybody's opinions. Next Saturday is Hellas Verona. Hopefully Roma writes the ship there. And because top four is not out of the question and top five could potentially be a champions league place too, with that new UEFA coefficient rule. Um, so, yeah, Jim, anything you want to leave the listeners with before we go? I'm tired, man. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of, like, I, I, I'm hoping that there will be good things to talk about soon in the Romaverse because it's not like there haven't been good things over the past couple of years with Roma, but it has become very draining to feel like Roma is one step away from achieving goals that they want to achieve. And, like, you're winning the Europa Conference League was great, but there is a level of fatigue that I think many Romanisti are feeling. I feel like the writers at CDT are developing when it comes to fool me once, shame on me, fool me 10 times in a row. Maybe I should, you know, 
find another hobby. <laughs> so uh, we'll keep on writing. Don't worry about that, though. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely hopeful that maybe for the rest of uh, 2024, Roma can bring a little bit more joy to my life. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week, hopefully in a little bit of a more cheerful mood after a victory.